0: draft monday edition of the podcast hopefully you guys had a great weekend we've got an awesome mock draft monday set up for you here where ben and i are going to be going back and forth snake draft style drafting who we believe will be the offensive rookie of the year this upcoming 2021 season but ben before we get to that i'm actually gonna ask how are you my friend
1: everything is delicious uh happy you know it's women's college world series good times nba playoffs good times
0: Lou Jones is a wow. titan. Whoa, didn't even mention the NHL playoffs?
1: Don't watch those, but I uh, heard heard, heard. Kucherov is, is yeah. doing a good, doing him a, a well done.
0: Listen, man, I know you love softball, and softball is great because Women's College Softball World Series is like must-watch every single game, and it's brilliant. But you need to latch on to a hockey team, man.
1: I, I I would be very down to it. It's a very intimidating sport to get into without like a – an access point, which I do not have.
0: Listen, man, the league is filled with a lot of Eastern European slash Russian people, and yeah, you would yeah. be all about it. All
1: right, I gotta give it. I gotta give it a, the old college try. As okay, it were.
0: so ne- w- one of these fan Fridays, well, the Flyers,
1: work- good. Uh,
0: mm, that's th- a no. I think they're fine. Uh, they haven't really been a threat lately. I don't think. I think they've been in the playoffs, but like. I haven't really thought they were a big threat. But they're fine. It's not I, I don't think they're absolutely terrible. One of these Fan Fridays, we need to unite with the good people who listen to this podcast and find you a hockey team to root for. Because I, I guarantee I, you're gonna win.
1: It lie. would be the Flyers. I'm not leaving Philly.
0: Oh, okay. So okay, yeah. you need to just like get into being a big Flyers fan.
1: Yeah, they have a player that people call Ghost, and he's hotly contested. This is all the information I have.
0: Something that you said to me there in your introduction of yourself. Hello. Is that Julio Jones is now a Tennessee Titan. And before we get to drafting the offensive rookie of the year for this upcoming season, I did want to throw our two cents in there about this Julio Jones trade because it's huge. This is one of the biggest transactions that we have had all off season long. It's a monumental transaction when it comes to a player who has truly defined a franchise now moving on from that. A lot of people grew up Watching Julio Jones, first as a Crimson Tide wide receiver, and then as a longtime Atlanta Falcon, you have the trade-up in the draft initially, all those draft picks to go up and trade-up to get him. He has been absolutely worth it for them. He has been arguably the best player in franchise history in Atlanta, and now he's with the Tennessee Titans. The Falcons get a 2022 second-round pick, and the Falcons get the Titans' fourth-round pick in 2023 while giving back their own sixth-round pick in 2023. So it's a free 2022 second-round pick and then a pick swap in 2023 for Julio Jones getting traded to the Tennessee Titans. Ben, I would love to hear your overall initial thoughts on Julio moving from Atlanta, now being on the Titans, however you want to attack this.
1: So I think it, it ended up as we thought it would, right? In the sense of the Falcons wanted a high price weren't going to be able to get a high price uh, because they mismanaged their, their situation and their, 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 uh, leverage entirely. Second from the Tennessee Titans plus a fourth out for sixth, I guess is, is decent for where they were. Um, but not really a good return on Julio's talent at all. Uh, Julio's right. In my opinion, clearly were the first round pick even at this current stage in his career. Uh, As many have noted, Tennessee is still kind of a team that you just sort of shrug at. Uh, New offensive coordinator, after how much Arthur Smith meant to Derrick Henry, who really became a a dominant bell cow back under him, to Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, he he was acquired for late-round picks from the Miami Dolphins. Like, he was not considered this high-caliber quarterback, and he has really become one of the most effective intermediate deep passers in the league over the last two years. Like, Arthur Smith feels like he was a very, very big deal in Tennessee. And we don't know the extent to which Downing is going to be able to replicate that. Is going to be able to sustain that. Todd Downing, the, the new offensive coordinator there in Tennessee. And so, uh, you know, uh, tight ends depart, uh, you know, Johnny departs, uh, Corey Davis departs, and you add Julio Jones, you, you say, like, all right, feels like in general their offense has enough weaponry, like this is this is enough. You know, Ferkser and, and Julio and A.J. Brown and, and, and Derrick Henry, they'll be good. But there is that that big question as to can Downing give them the same competitive advantages that Arthur Smith did with this personnel. So while I, I think that on paper, the personnel feels at least as good, if not better, with the addition of Julio, it is still tough for me to fully buy into that offense until I see it. And even if that offense is really good, uh, the Titans still look like a, a one-and-done playoff team as they were uh, this past year, right? Were they one-and-done or no?
0: Yes, they lost. Yes. Yeah, they lost the Ravens this year. So in, in the revenge game,
1: right? Uh, they still feel like that fringe fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth best team in the AFC because, as we've discussed on this podcast, their defense is definitely bad. Whether or not it's worse than last year is up for debate. And we're all going to get mad at it, but it's definitely not. It doesn't look like <laughs> good defense this year again. Uh, and so, right. like, even if Downing gets it right and, and Tannehill stays off oh, flow and Derrick Henry stays dominant, which are big ifs. Uh, I don't think it's. it they're a team that's measurably improved from last year. And last year, they did not feel like a legit AFC contender. So it is a little bit odd that they would then want to make this much of an investment in Julio and pay this much money to Julio if they're not really a contender. But clearly, they, they think they are. And you can't fault them for making that move, for trying to get over the hump like that. And so I get why Tennessee did it. I don't think it's as... Uh, uh, foolish as blind as, as some other people do. I understand why they did it. I think they got a great price on Julio as well. So oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. There, There's
0: some move? people who think that it's, like, straight foolish for the Titans to get Julio?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would say there's there's a question of, like, all right, you know, you're doing this, cool, but, like, is your team actually really going to be good? Okay. Like, you know, so, Julio, Julio feels like a contender move, and, and the Titans don't feel like a contender is kind of what I'm saying.
0: Um, so... I can understand where you're coming from, but I do want to push back on that a little bit because when it comes to, like, are they a contender, I think that that's a argument and a certain way to look at it, but at the end of the day, like, if Julio didn't go to the Chiefs or the Bills— I I, I feel like we would be able to say this no matter what. And that's just obviously not how the league operates. There's a lot of teams that want to get better and try to compete and everything. And hey, you know, two years ago, we didn't expect the Titans to be able to make the run that they did to the AFC Championship. Now, you could say they made it to the AFC Championship and they fell to the... Kansas City Chiefs and ultimately that's probably their ceiling now is that worth it I don't know but you always want to be able to put yourself in the conversation you've got to think about this a little bit from their point of view too you know the owners the general managers the coaches they're not just in here thinking like ah well we're not the Chiefs so you know we're just it's not going to happen that's just not how it operates and I think that if if you take it for almost like what it is like what what you know teams are looking to do and how these teams tell themselves that they could beat anybody any given Sunday. I love this trade for the Titans. I really do because it keeps them within that conversation. I, over the course of this offseason, even on this very podcast, have said I expect a pretty decent regression from the Tennessee Titans that we've seen over the last two years being playoff contenders and going toe-to-toe with the Baltimore Ravens, besting them two years ago, and like all that. So... I, I thought that they were really going to step back this year. I think the addition of Julio certainly helps this offense, especially given what they have lost, right? The Arthur Smith element, like you mentioned, is huge, and that's going to remain a question mark. But when you lose Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, um, Adam Humphreys, along with your offensive coordinator, like that's a lot of offensive firepower that you're losing beyond just who's calling the plays. You plug Julio in there, you get him next to A.J. Brown, You still have Derrick Henry to lean on. Like, all of a sudden, I like this offense still. Now this is, again, Mm -hmm. something that could potentially compete. And I think that as long as you're in that conversation, that's what matters a lot. So I I liked it from the Titans. I do want to flip sides to talk about Atlanta's side of this. What are you doing? You and I have have had this conversation here on this podcast for when the news kind of initially broke that, hey— Julio isn't just like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll trade Julio. Like, this is actually gaining a lot of steam because the offseason now for the Falcons, it's tough. And I want to be as fair as possible to the Falcons organization because perhaps this new regime with Terry Fontenot as the general manager and Arthur Smith as the head coach, perhaps they really were put in a spot that was just tough. Like, every— The big criticism that I have of this move is if you are restructuring Matt Ryan's contract to where you basically cannot get out of this thing for another two years minimum, probably three years, why are you... You could trade him after two. You could trade him after two. But why are you moving on from your best offensive piece? And you could say, oh, they drafted Kyle Pitts. Like, Kyle Pitts is going to come in. Okay, well then... the Falcons weren't above five. Forget playoffs, okay? The Falcons playoffs. even for with you, playoffs. The Falcons Thank weren't you. even above five hundred in each of the last three years. So subtracting Julio. So sorry, adding Kyle Pitts just to subtract Julio. That doesn't make any sense. You're you're still not better as a football team. And if you were really going into a major rebuild. Why did you restructure Matt Ryan like that? Now people will say they had to. There was no other way. They had to get under the cap. I don't think I believe that. Like, do, like
1: I'm not saying that I know. Restructure Grady Jarrett. Huh? Restructure Grady Jarrett and it's done. Like,
0: you could have restructured right. a couple of other contracts on there that would have made it really easy to maybe move on from Matt Ryan right? Think about this. You had the number four pick in the draft, and this is where a lot of people go to, right? They talk about Justin Fields still being on the board and not going after a quarterback and picking a, a tight end instead. And I think we love Kyle Pitts on this podcast. Of course we do. But the vision for the Falcons just doesn't seem too streamlined. If you knew that you were going to be in this pickle and you knew that you were probably going to have to move on from Julio Jones and that you were going to keep Matt Ryan almost for not, you were going to restructure him for not just to say you got under the cap, trade him, trade his contract. Make a deal with with some team. Make it so it could be like a post-June trade or whatever. Throw some extra draft picks on your own. Like, it's almost like a, a pseudo-salary dump kind of a thing. Like, we've seen the NFL start to do more and more. You could have done that. You could have traded him. There were a handful of te- How much would Denver have paid for Matt Ryan? How much would Indianapolis have paid for Matt Ryan? You don't think you could have dealt those two to those before Carson Wentz goes over there? I don't know, man. I just... I, I I do not I'm not gonna sit here and say that I know the entirety of a situation and that I'm a lot smarter than the cap people that are running the Atlanta Falcons and the guys who are at the top making the decision because they have a lot more context, a lot more insight into their organization than I do. But I I'm I'm also not gonna sit here and give them a pass given what is now the state of the Falcons and say that up oh, their hands were tied, they couldn't have done anything else. Cause I don't believe that's true. I I really don't. And because of that. I'm just not a fan of what the Falcons have done this past this past offseason. I feel like it was you were pulling different directions and they just did not get a jump start on whatever this next regime is going to be.
1: There was a a piece on The Athletic today, which was written by Jeff Schultz, I think. Uh, And in it, he shared that. The, the the kind of the sentiment within the Falcons building was once the Niners took Lance at three, they were taking pits because they didn't like Fields as as much as Lance. And man, I just think every team that unintentionally exposes themselves as as not being as high on Fields as other quarterbacks is just gonna be kicking themselves in a couple years. I and, just to me that's that's something else. And that so, was
0: that was another that was another light shed on this on this move that the league just did not like Justin Fields the way that draft media did the way that we did and we're seeing that everywhere
1: <sighs> it is odd and it's I think super foolish. odd
0: yeah but that's where we are I'm not a big fan of it for the Falcons big giant kind of what are you doing here going into it right. in, a, in a lot of different ways
1: All right like if uh if uh if Pitts ends up really good your team will end up in the same spot.
0: Correct. Right.
1: Right. So that's and, a that's a problem for me. And,
0: and that's tough to swallow. Not only because you didn't get a first round pick back for a guy who brings first round talent on the field still, but also because you're giving up on a franchise icon. You're moving a franchise icon. You know, I I think that that absolutely goes into it. We've had this conversation before. Not that every kind of decision should come down to sentimental motives, but these go into it. It's a human game. We're humans playing it. Humans organizing it. These things absolutely go into it, and everybody's like, "Oh, you had to move on from Julio's contract, guys." He's a fifteen million dollar cap hit this year, which is f- totally fine for how much Julio is giving back to you as it's a player. Unacceptable. And then he's eleven mil the next two years after that, and all the dead all the dead cap is off his deal after this. Don't tell me they had to get rid of Julio Jones. No, you didn't. I think the contract part of it's overblown. All right. So, anyways, do you have any other parting Julio thoughts, or do you want to get to this draft?
1: Uh, I hope he gets what he was looking for in Tennessee. Wow.
0: Spoken like a true breakup ex right there. Yeah. Hope you find what you're looking for. I do. Before we get to the draft, gotta remind people that bet Online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, Ben's new favorite, NHL, and UFC and MMA as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game, and as we go through this Rookie of the Year debate, draft, you hear a little nugget that makes you go, all right, you know what, I'm in. I think that this guy could win Rookie of the Year. You can head over to uh, betonline.ag and put some money on the line. You will also get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if it is your first deposit. If you use the promo code LOCKED ON, that's all caps, one word, LOCKED ON. BetONLINE, your online sports book experts. We'll be back to start the Rookie of the Year Snake Draft after the break. All right, Ben. I've got some catching up to do this year. <laughs> How's that? because last year when we did this exercise which I'll t- I'll set the stage for you guys on how we're going to do this. We're not just going to kind of like draft names randomly. We're going to put a little bit of structure to it. There's going to be two quarterback slots in which Ben and I can draft, one running back slot, two wide receiver slots, a tight end and a flex. Last year was a little different because there were more running backs in the equation. We did one quarterback each. Uh, two running backs each, two wide receivers each, a tight end, an offensive player, so could be another quarterback and was. And then we also did uh, a defensive player of the year selection as well because we didn't have time to do a full episode on that. Ben drafted both Justin Herbert and Chase
1: Young. Hello. Howdy. Can't say I'm surprised. I'd like to thank the Academy, my family god, obviously. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Wait,
0: you said that quick. My family got. Like that was just one. That was one uh, uh No. Nah,
1: nah, nah. I'd like to thank the Academy first, obviously, okay. for presenting right. me with this award. Yes. And then yeah. my family. And then I realized I forgot to thank God, which is usually how they open. Wow, third so, bat and cleanup. Yeah. That's on me. That's on me. Tough.
0: I mean, to be you know, to give myself a little bit of props, I did draft Justin Jefferson, who
1: should have won Rookie of the Year. Imagine, imagine, imagine having to give yourself props for drafting a guy who just was like better than we thought. And that's it. That's nah, just no, It's disappointing. It's this little bit. It's a little pitiful. Yeah, I need a little bit of redemption this year.
0: So, all right, we're gonna go snake draft style. So, obviously, first selection, and then whoever selects second gets both two and three before it bounces back over. You could fill any spot in any order that you want, Ben. I will give you the choice since you are the champion of this exercise. Mm. Do you want to go first or second? Snake draft, right? It is a snake draft. Yes, I want second. Okay. All right. You sound surprised. I'm a little bit surprised, but no, I, I it think. is it is more wide open than you think because a lot of the best odds here are quarterback. So you get to double dip on quarterback a little which I think you are going to do. But given that I have the first pick, I have to select. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence right now has the highest odds to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. You assume that, of course, he is going to be the Week 1 starter. That means that, barring any kind of injury, he's going to be playing a full season, and with that are going to come more passing attempts, more passing touchdowns, more passing yards, just off of a, I'm playing every game kind of a basis. Now, a couple of these other quarterbacks we're going to get to, they could be in similar spots and they might be able to rack up the stats as well, but I mean, you're hoping that because of what Trevor Lawrence has been able to do, how talented he is, how much Urban Meyer has an affinity for scoring points, that this is going to be something that's going to go into Trevor Lawrence's favor. So I'll go Trevor Lawrence here, number one overall, to start this Rookie of the Year draft.
1: Yeah, no, I wanted second because I figured you would go uh, T-Law first. And I, I obviously, uh, I think that there's a good chance that he wins it, but I would rather have big exposure on the of the rest of the top of the quarterback group and miss out on Lawrence then I would uh, want to go grab him. And so, uh I now get my picks of Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields yep. and Mac Jones. Yep. Uh which right. I, w- I wanted to have the those the, the second and the third pick there. Justin Fields for sure is one of my picks. Okay. Uh When we look at rookies of the year, we see the quarterbacks very often win the award and in order to win the award, you have to start a bunch of games. Uh of the nine quarterbacks that have won the award since 2000, all have started at least 13 games. Uh, Roethlisberger and Vince Young, who won in 04 and 06, were the 13-game starters. Those are the, the 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 latest ones, right? Those were, or excuse me, the earliest, I should say, close uh, close to the 2000, right, a long time ago. After that, it's been 15 starts for the next seven quarterbacks. You have to play a bunch of games to win this award. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is the concern that Lance will play 12 games. And, in, and even that, like it doesn't sound like that few, but it really is in the framework of this award. And so uh, I like getting Justin Fields in. And then that Lance debate, that Mac Jones debate uh, is what starts to lean me a little bit, maybe towards Zach Wilson, because Wilson's going to have a clear starting job. Right. Mm-hmm. He's going to be right. The indisputed starter with the Jets is going to play 16, 17 games. So the 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 Wilson Lance conversation is really tricky because I think Lance is in a better situation. He's got better guys around him, and, and I think he's got more talent. Ugh, I had Wilson and Lance ranked very closely. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take Trey Lance here. I'm gonna take Trey Lance. Oh, before, I knew yeah, you'd yeah. do yeah. it.
0: I knew I, you'd do I, it.
1: I can't. I, I, I like so at odds, all right, because we're just we're just drafting these guys at odds. Lance is like plus 650. Justin Fields is like plus 700. Mack Jones is like plus 750. Wilson's at plus 1,000. I like that a lot. I own that ticket. Uh, he should not be below Mac, and he probably maybe should be right next to Trey Lance, in my opinion. Uh, with that said, in that we're not doing this for odds, and that it's not for money, I'd rather take the more talented player in Trey Lance, who still has a, a chance to start week one.
0: Wow, this is, uh, do you hear that bark? Do you hear that bark in the background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel was Marvel, very shocked. Marvel
1: was like, good, good work, Ben. Good no, work, good he
0: work, was ben. very shocked. He's like, dad, he blew it. Capitalize.
1: It's He funny, blew it.
0: It's funny because you, uh, you wanted the second overall pick because you got two and three there. If you would have given me the choice, I would have picked number one because I wanted this turn right here. I would have taken Zach Wilson over anyone that wasn't Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. I even would have debated taking Zach Wilson over Justin Fields just because of what you said. He's guaranteed the starts. There's nobody Mm. else there. They're not going to take him off the field unless he is just God absolutely awful. There is still a world in which a more experienced... Andy Dalton could like chew into whatever the timeline of Justin Fields is, even though of course I agree that Justin Fields is a lot more talented. So you're going with the guys that have a a high talent ceiling and look, you know, Justin Fields getting into Matt Nagy offense, if that starts to click with the offensive weapons that he has around him, could put up a lot of numbers. Trey Lance, of course, getting the work with Kyle Shanahan could absolutely be an on fire situation. But I like LaFleur being the passing game or the offensive coordinator for Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson's going to be my second pick here. So I get Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And then my next pick, I'm going with Najee Harris. I'm going with mm-hmm. Najee Harris, running back out of Pittsburgh, because I think they are going to make this dude an absolute workhorse. I think that they targeted him in the first round with unbelievable expectations, especially because in a lot of ways, the Steelers are still investing as if they are making a playoff push this season. Ben Roethlisberger proved last year that he is just not that same quarterback. He is not able to, when the going gets tough, really be able to win games, dig them out of holes with his arm. And with that being said, I think that the Steelers are going to invest everything that they can into making sure their running game is what it needs to be. They're going to lean on Najee Harris, not just with carries, but also with targets. And I just think that they are going to force feed him so many touches this rookie year. And if he is healthy, I think that Najee is going to put up a crap ton of stats. So I am very happy with my first three picks of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson,
1: and Najee Harris. It, no, it, it's very nice. This is a, it's a nice idea. Like, oh, now nice, you can put up a ton of stats. He's very talented, and they want him to do that. They don't have the infrastructure for it. Offensive line's bad. I mean, quarterback's bad. I mean, just bad, 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 bad offense. I mean, do you mean they're still going to give him the ball a lot?
0: So it matters. Right, it matters, brother.
1: I just don't know how it- carries efficient he's beef
0: pick. nah it doesn't matter I ain't going for efficiency nah. we're going for over volume overload we're bodybuilding out here all
1: right I have two picks you uh do. I will fill I don't need to fill my running back spot I mean you can still grab a running back at flex now nah, I'm gonna go after wide receivers then that's pretty nice right so I, I want Jamar Chase obviously at the top uh Wide receivers don't win this award as often as running backs do. Historically, mm-hmm. only three wide receivers have won the award in the la- in, in this century. Uh, Anquan Bolden in 2003, Percy Harvin in 2009, and then Odell Beckham Jr. in 2014. With that said, rookie receivers are getting more efficiently and aggressively onboarded than before. Uh, they're getting more volume than before. So I think you could see wide receivers start to win the award a little bit more. It's not necessarily a bet I would make, but like like obviously we're drafting wide receivers no matter what. Uh, so I want Jamar Chase because I think the onboarding process is the easiest for Jamar Chase. Uh, knows his quarterback well. They're going to use Jamar Chase in very similar ways to what else yeah. you used him as in 2019. Right. Uh, and then obviously, to the extent to which, oh, how much can he, he produce? Tyler Boyd's there. T. Higgins is there. That's certainly true. But that was true before the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase number five overall. And they still drafted Jamar Chase number five overall. So it goes to your Najee Harris argument in the sense of, they don't take this guy in the first round unless they expect reduction. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're going to yeah, Joe, Joe so, bro
0: is going to look his way every single opportunity. He
1: can, yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah, so I think that chase is going to see if not competitive, then just clearly superior, uh, target share attention, uh, relative to Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. Speaking of high expectations, uh, speaking of high target shares and, uh, going and getting a guy in the first round, I'll take Devonte Smith here from Philadelphia. at my other wide receiver spot. Uh, Devonte is a, is a, you know, we talked about him as an eval. He's either going to be really good or it's not going to be good because the weight is really the, the fulcrum here on which the seesaw slides. And if Devonte is able to play well at his weight, he'll show that right away. And if he's not able to play well at his weight, that'll be evident pretty much right away. Uh, and so there's a chance that Devontae just flops. There's also a chance that Devonte looks great long uh like looks great playing at his weight but then that the accrued hits and maybe some 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 of the injuries that that anecdotally come from playing at at a lighter density take away from him but that won't affect his rookie of the year performances assuming that he's able to put together at least that one full season on so if you believe in devontae's ability to play at his weight which is something that i i I wiffle waffle on but if you do uh eagles have no Contest for targets. He does have a rapport with Jalen Hurts because he played with him before. uh, And they traded up in the first round to go get him. It's very clear he's going to be a big part of their offense. So Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith at wide receiver. uh, Very happy with those two.
0: I like both of those selections. I think that they could be monster target getters for their teams. I still can't believe you left me Kyle Pitts as well.
1: But... Tight end doesn't win rookie of the year.
0: Tight end has never... Since 1967, never, not once, ever, won Rookie of the Year.
1: It's not going to happen.
0: Jeremy Shockey Uh, in 2002 won the Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, made-up award. Yep. And then, oh, what is it? Offensive Rookie of the Year winners? What award is this? Oh, the Pro Football Writers of America gave Charlie Young, Philadelphia Eagles tight end, the award in 1973.
1: baby
0: I'm trying to see where okay in 1961 Mike Ditka won it so that's that's before the 69 year uh and I think that's it I'm literally just searching any the United Press International NFL Rookie of the Year Mike Ditka 1961 let's go baby
1: we got this on lock Go for it, brother. Go for it. I mean,
0: I have to at this point. You you've left him here. He's too good. Julio Jones is gone. He's going to get force fed the football. Even with Tight End never winning the award, I feel like if there was a tight end who could win it, the situation of Kyle Pitts lends itself to where he is he's an obvious pick this late in the draft. And so yeah, I mean, it, it's not like Julio scored as many touchdowns as we thought he would anyways, which is, you know, something that uh, Atlanta Falcons fans don't like to talk about the opportunity is still going to be there for him. And I think that he is going to be uh, heavily emphasized in that offense, especially with Arthur Smith now as the head coach there in Atlanta. So I think that if we've ever had an opportunity for tight end to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, it would be one that people argue is a wide receiver anyways. His best uses is in the passing game. It's a passing league more than it ever has been in the past. So I'm going with Kyle Pitts here. This is where we start to get into the Not so obvious, right? I mean, I think a lot of the guys that we've had here, maybe the order was a little bit different, but there's not like a obvious 100% because you could look at, okay, so Jalen Waddell is still on the board, right? We can't pick Mac Jones because we've already picked both of our quarterbacks and we don't have a super flex spot. We just have a regular flex spot. You could go with Jalen Waddle, of course. I think that he's the next biggest name that's still on the board. But Jalen Waddle, though he has the connection with Tua he there are a lot of wide receivers still in that offense. Now, that could still lend to a good year for Jalen Waddle, but a rookie of the year? Kind of a year from him? I'm not so sure about that. I'm going to go with Trey Sermon, running back Whoa. from San Francisco. I'm going off the wall with this one. Because if the depth chart, I believe, is what it was when I looked recently. Yeah, yeah, okay, so they have Wayne Gallman, they have Raheem Mostert, and obviously Raheem Mostert's going to be the guy. But if Raheem Mostert happens to miss time, go down, which I'm not obviously hoping for, but I'm just saying in this situation, I really like Trey Sermon running behind that offensive line. I think that that kind of zone running approach would be perfect for what he is, as a runner, and I think that he could put up really nice numbers. Now, a lot would have to happen in order for him to get to that point, but I'm taking a total swing at the fence here with my flex selection, and I'm going to go with Trey Sermon.
1: That's, yeah, I would Trey's not, Trey's not on my board. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. Yeah, I think Trey could be good for this team eventually Mm -hmm. and if the situation was right just that's way too much of a reach for me whereas like i can get a guy like javante williams who denver traded up to go get right and i hear you i hear you conceive of as the top back yeah which okay i don't have to do because now you don't yeah you've already filled running back and flex so you have to draft wide receivers with your next picks and i still have a flex spot open so i can still go get a wide receiver so i'm getting Jalen waddle uh, which means that I get my, I get all the, the, the top 10 drafted wide receivers, which I love. Uh, if a wide receiver is going to win this award, I'd be very surprised if it does not come from this group of three. I think that Rashad Bateman could be very, very good, and Rashad Bateman got some Justin Jefferson comps, and he was drafted kind of around in the same area. And also last year, you maybe would have said that Minnesota runs the ball too much for Justin Jefferson, Jefferson to win the award, but I think Baltimore runs the ball too much for Rashad Bateman to win the award uh they also have sammy watkins in the building they have marquise brown they have a little bit more wide receiver talent there than i think jefferson who was very clearly going to step in and be wide receiver too right be a high volume player there and so I, I may look very dumb on bateman but if i do that's okay um so i want Jalen wattle didn't want him above jason smith just because i think there's a little bit more wide receiver talent there that he has to contend with they already have will fuller who's kind of in that field-stretching role, Tua and Waddle have the chemistry, of course, but Tua, I'm not sure how much I trust. Uh, and so I I, I wasn't going to take Waddle above Smith or Chase. I'm very glad to get him, though. If uh, then, if I would have taken Waddle and, like, instead of Sermon, would you
0: have taken Bateman right here?
1: No. Oh. I would have taken uh, Javante Williams and then Travis Etienne. Oh. Uh, Instead, I get to pick between the two of them, and I personally, uh, I I don't want a piece of what's happening in Jacksonville. (laughs) That's
0: that's why I didn't want to go anywhere near Travis Etienne.
1: Yeah, like maybe they end up using Etienne. I just don't. I can't parse that right now. What I can parse with Javante Williams is that if you had faith in Melvin Gordon, you're not trading up for running back in the second round. Uh They loved Javante Williams there. They envisioned him to be a bell cow player. They have the offensive line talent, clearly improving on that front. Mike Munchak coaching that offensive line there going to mean that you're going to have uh, room to run. And then Javante has rumble ability, which means that I think we're going to get him in short yardage situations. We're going to be able to get uh, touchdowns out of him as well, which is pretty important for this role. Uh, Hands aren't great. And if you look at some of the running backs who have recently won the award, Saquon Barkley in 2018, Alvin Kamara in 2017, you you do have to catch it. A little bit, but there's still your Todd Gurley's and your Eddie Lacy's in recent history that won it without too much of a receiving profile. So I like Javante Williams. Wait, Eddie uh, Lacy Ryan. won it in 2012. Oh my 2013, gosh, 2013,
0: 2013. Eddie Lacy won this award. What was his yeah, stats? Like, Hold on,
1: dude. Eddie I, Lacy, the goat. I'd
0: no uh, I don't all that. 15
1: games, 284 carries, uh, 1,178 yards, and 11 touchdowns, 44 targets, 35 receptions. Wow.
0: Look at Eddie Lacy's first two years in the league, man.
1: He looked like the dude. He looked like he was it.
0: Dang. Eddie, what happened, man? Fell off. Dude, he had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. He had 20 touchdowns in his first two. He had 24 touchdowns in his first two years. If you count receiving. Oh, Eddie. What happened, my guy? Very sad. No, Eddie. Okay, now I'm sad. Now I'm big sad. All right, Rip.
1: Were you done with your point?
0: Or was that... I think so. Were you in with Teddy Lacey? Yeah, I think so. All right, so who was your selection?
1: Uh, Javante Williams and Jalen Waddle.
0: Javante Williams. I like Javante. I think that he makes a lot of sense. I just like, even if he was a starting running back, I, I don't know how much of a difference he's going to make in his first year. But I also picked Trey Sermon, which uh, you could argue is the exact same thing. But I, I don't know. I have I have more faith in Sermon as like the home run out of nowhere rookie of the year guy. But maybe that's just the fantasy in me talking. Before we get to our last couple of picks, I got two more. Ben's got one more. He's gotta remind people about BuiltBar.com. These are the best tasting protein bars on the planet. They're fantastic for your diet. They've got... Low calories, low sugar, but also high protein, high fiber as well. So you can have a lot of different flavors. They've got a lot of different options for you over on the website. Go to beltbar.com. You can check out all the different kinds of flavors that they have for you. Cherry, raspberry, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate. Like whatever you're into with a protein bar, whether it is fruit-based, chocolate-based, got nuts in it, doesn't have nuts in it, like all of that, they have you covered. We guarantee it. Go to beltbar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED and then 1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order using the promo code LOCKED15. Also got to remind people that rockorder.com is a family-owned business, serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years. If you got something wrong with your car, or even if you don't, even if you've just been staring at your car and you're like, man, I could really use some new rims, or I could use new lights, different kinds of taillights or i gotta get new wipers to make sure i don't die during the next rainstorm i well, need new wipers well make sure you don't die during the next rainstorm by going to rockauto.com i wasn't planning on it their price <laughs> their prices are always very reliably low it's the same for all the professionals as it is the do-it-yourselfers out there so why spend up to twice as much for the same part there's no need no need when rockauto.com exists. If you go over there right now, see all the parts that they have available for your car or truck, please write Locked On NFL Draft in their little How Did You Hear About Us section. So that would really help out the podcast, help keep the on-air lights on for us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you were ever going to need, ever. Also could be life-saving if you're bent at rockauto.com. And I got two more picks. They both got to be wide receivers here. Rashad Bateman's going to be one of them for sure. Ben for outlined sure. the fact that there are other receivers that are in there that, you know, even though we like Bateman being on the team, we like how different he could make that passing attack. It's not like it's going to be a Thanos snap of the fingers and it's immediately different. I think that it might be a little bit of a process, but there is certainly another reality where he just bursts onto the seam. He's a different wide receiver than they have had in the past. They have success with him early on, and then they just feed him the rest of the year. So, I do think there's a path to big-time success for Rashad Bateman. <sighs> Another wide receiver? That's where it gets tough. I mean, like, I don't think Kadarius Tony's even the type of wide receiver to be able to win Rookie of the Year. Like, he would have to have a lot of X-Factor things go right for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah Moore, maybe, but if Elijah Moore's winning it, then... Zach Wilson's winning it. You know what I'm saying? So, that's a tough call for me there. Terrace Marshall's got too crowded of a wide receiver room. Am I forgetting somebody? Now I got to pull up the full draft board. I'm not helping you. I know you're not. Now I got to pull up the full draft board. Okay, Okay, am I forgetting somebody? (laughs) Shot Bayman Elijah Moore. Dwayne Eskridge. 2-2 Atwell. God, I should just pick 2-2 for the... for the memes. For the memes. For the, for, for the memes. Um, oh, Diami Brown's interesting. Amari Rogers is also interesting. Hmm. Oh, yeah? Ooh.
1: All right, who is it? Let's go. All
0: right, calm down, Mr. I'm not going to help my friend when he needs it.
1: Uh, no, it's not my job.
0: I'm going to go on Mari Rodgers.
1: Wow. I'll go Rashad Bateman
0: and Mari Rodgers. Different kind of wide receiver. More underneath kind of a guy. You can force feed him a lot of touches. Does a lot of great stuff after the catch. If Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay and truly pissed off, obviously he's going to lean on Devontae Adams a lot, but I think things could make it a lot easier if they've got Amari Rodgers and they want to get him involved in the offense like that. Well, they have guys like Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Gantling and them going deep down the field. They could have a lot of underneath success with Amari Rodgers, and that could lead to a lot of targets, maybe a lot of touchdowns, maybe a lot of yards after the catch. Could go well for a team that, If Again, if Aaron Rodgers is there, has a lot of playoff aspirations, potential number one overall seed aspirations, and anytime that's the case, you get a lot of national attention, maybe you get your name in the conversation. So we'll go with Amari Rodgers. You feel good about that? Uh, I mean, like, I feel a lot better about the other selections that I have than my last pick of this draft, but yeah,
1: I feel good. I feel good about my wide receivers.
0: That's fine. They're not winning.
1: They ain't winning. <laughs> quarterback, um, a quarterback
0: quarterback's going to win, and I've got the two that are guaranteed to start all 17
1: games. The idea that Fields would not start over Dolan is just absurd. Okay.
0: Matt Nagy's done worse.
1: He, re, re, it, Pat me baby. Here we go. <laughs> are you going to me Who else am I going to go? Brevin Jordan? No, he was tight end nine. Tommy Tremble. Yes. No, they paid Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold's a fake name. It, honestly, for if Sam Darnold throws a touchdown to Dan Arnold, I will be inconsolable. I mean, you you know that's happening at least once.
0: Darnold to Arnold! Sam to Dan.
1: Said it? it. I hate it. <laughs> All right, Pat Farmi. Uh basically no competitions for Pitts for targets in Pittsburgh, where there's Juju Smith Schuster and Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Najee Harris and uh James Washington. So that's great. Um, big depth of target with Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger is gonna lead to some explosive plays. Um, and other lies. Tight ends usually. I was at award. least
0: able to come up with an argument for Romari Rogers and Trey Sermon.
1: Tight ends don't win the award. Tight ends are slow to produce in the league, and they don't get enough volume to hang against like the top receiver. Tight ends don't win the award. Kyle Pitts isn't gonna win it, nor is any other tight end gonna win it.
0: God, I hope I hope Kyle Pitts That's wins. That's
1: not gonna be a clip.
0: Out of everybody on my team, I hope that Kyle Pitts
1: wins now. Well, it's a shame because Justin Fields is winning it, and I'm uh, not Justin Fields and Trey Lance.
0: All right, little recap here. My team: I got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Najee Harris, Rashad Bateman, Amari Rogers, Kyle Pitts, and Trey Sermon. Ben has Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Javante Williams, Jamar Chase, Devonte Smith, Pat Fryermuth, and Jalen waddle so if one of us correctly has the offensive rookie of the year the loser owes the winner a Publix buffalo chicken tender sandwich which means i now owe you another pub buffalo chicken
1: sandwich no somebody has to count this for us because there's no way we can do it i don't even remember the number of bets we yeah but make. this
0: yeah but this one's easy like this one's just a one and one you know like you you okay. won this competition so the next time i see you you will have a you, the next time I see you in the southeast area of the United States of America. Heard of it. I will buy you a buffalo chicken tender sandwich. Yeah, and you'll like it. Somebody who listens to the pod, a faithful ally of the podcast, tried a buffalo chicken tender sandwich for the first time, I think this past weekend, because they tweeted at us, and they said, hey, I'm in the southeast. Do I really need to go to Publix? And we were like, yes, you need to absolutely try this. And he th- they sent back that a Publix deli sandwich, sorry, a just a deli sandwich in general has no business being this good. I'm telling you, folks. And they were right. We're not just out here betting nothing. Poop sandwiches. This is gold. This is the stuff that you die for. This is more important than currency. Forget right. cri- forget crypto. Let's just barter with sandwiches from now on.
1: I... would. I- It'd be easier to understand. It'd be way
0: a lot easier than Crypto, for sure. Tomorrow, we are getting back to our NFL Antarctica Invitational Draft. We've only got two divisions left. I believe it is the NFC West and the AFC West. And then on Thursday, we are going to run through the entire tournament. We're going to seed the teams. We're going to go head-to-head. Ben and I are going to determine the winners. And at the end of Thursday, we are going to know who is the most talented division in the NFL, and who will be the one to truly save the planet from extinction. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it